Trigger warning. This episode will be dealing with historical films, and so there's going to be terminology regarding trans people that's way out of date. There will also be a fair amount of cursing, alcohol consumption, and crushing really hard on Anthony Perkins. So, if any of that is just not your cup of tea, well, you can skip this one. But if you're on board, let's get into this. Good evening, all you queer history lovers. Tonight, we're going to be looking into the past and examining queer or representation in films. I have used my evil genius to split the discussion into two separate episodes. Be prepared for terror or silliness and a little bit of, well, learning. See you on the other side. Hello, hello. This is Julian Rushbrook, and I am a uh, bit drunk. Okay, so here's the thing. (laughs) We are drinking wine and talking about queer horror films. And I would like to introduce my guest... Kyle Donovan. Hello. Hello, Julian. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. Now, he is not a queer, but, you know, well, honorary, honorary. We'll make you honorary. (laughs) But he does love himself some horror movies. And since this is Horror Movie Month, which, to be fair, I think every month is Horror Movie Month, but this is definitely is October, Halloween. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to discuss... And keep drinking wine. We just opened the second bottle. Um, yes. Also, if if any of our listeners are in AA, I discourage you from drinking. If you are not in AA, I encourage you to have a shot. L'chaim. Anyway. Well said. Yeah. Well said. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about a few different movies that kind of go from bad to better representation. <laughs> When it comes to uh, queer representation in film. And I think, yeah. Well, even even the bad films, I have to say, are still enjoyable to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is... No, that's one of the good ones. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of, of course it is. It's, it's, it's always fun to watch. I, my favorite scene is towards the end of that film is whenever um, Freddy... Is uh, driving the uh, the bus, and they go towards the end of the um, the town, and it becomes one of those nightmare landscapes. That's my favorite nightmare landscape ending um, of all of those uh, Freddy movies. Just wanted to say that, but I was all about the uh, whipping the gym teacher with a towel. But that oh, yes. will come later. Yes. What should we start with? I think we should start with Psycho. What do you think? I think Psycho is the mother of all horror movies, in my opinion. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's greatest classic. Yes. One of his greatest classics. For sure, yeah, because there's birds, there's Mar- Marnie? Marnie. 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 Vertigo. Yes. Mm. Um, God, there's so many others, I can't think of them. Did he do Rear Window? He did He Rear did Window. Rear Window. Yeah, you're okay. absolutely correct. Okay. Rope. 
Rope is also a very mm. good one. Uh, listeners, if you have not seen Rope, that's a very good classic uh, tale. Um, I suggest you, you, you check that out. Okay. So, Psycho, according to Wikipedia, yes, I'm using Wikipedia right now, don't judge me, is a 1960 American horror film produced and directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Why am I using Wikipedia? Because my memory's impaired. That way I know the names of all of the actors and actresses. I mean, I, I will never forget Anthony Perkins because I still, like, crush on him. He was so cute in that Very movie. cute. Yeah. Uh, I think he was a very um, shy human being, um... Outside of Hollywood, if even anyone was going to murder me, I, then again, yes. So, yeah, my mother's probably going to listen to this. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, but yes, it was a brilliant film. Brilliant. Um, it changed history because back in the day, people would arrive at the movie theater much later when the movie has already started. And uh, basically, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to change that. He wanted people to be at the movie theater before the movie began, and thus having the final girl actually dying towards the first 30 minutes of the film. Mm. And that is what changed horror films. Uh, I think Scream was heavily uh, admired um, from uh, Psycho because um, they killed off the main character within the first... 30, 45 minutes of the film. Wait, now, wait a minute. So you're telling me that my grandparents didn't show up on time? It's a very, very strong possibility. Mm. They were probably shopping. That's judgment, Grandma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Driving their big Cadillacs. <laughs> right. Killing the atmosphere. Killing the atmosphere. Yeah. Smoking their leaded cigarettes. I don't remember. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so Janet Lee was the seemingly main character at the very beginning of the story. You know, she decides to rob um, her own job and run away with the money. She's going to start a new life. She wears a black bra, which apparently was extra scandalous back in the Mm. 60s because, I don't know. Um, There was a lot going on in the 50s that I feel like... um, Yeah, I just... I don't even know. Like, what... It's a black bra. Nobody can see it. Alfred Hitchcock, I think, liked to definitely uh, take what the norm was and then stretch it just a little bit and see people's reactions. I just spilled some wine. I feel I feel like he was the kind of director who wanted to see how far he could take it without still without. It was the 1960s, mm. you know, and, and you, you can't get away with a whole lot. Um, but well, the Hayes Code was still in effect. You are yeah. correct. The Hayes Code was in effect. Which, by the way, queer listeners, the Hayes Code was a weird-ass collection of rules and regulations that dictated that films had to sit there and not show this, that, and the other because, I don't know, Jesus. But needless to say, um, it eventually was ignored. That representation uh, in 21st century horror films is a massive diversion from the representation during the Hayes Code era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she, she eventually wears a white bra, and I guess that oh. means that she dies a virgin. Um, <laughs> spoiler. Forgive me, spoiler. If you have not seen a movie that came out 60 years ago, spoiler. That's the real horror, to be honest with you. She, she dies like halfway through, isn't yeah. it? So, um, and then at the end, her sister and some like random dude with a very square jaw ends up 
saving the day and and catching, you know, our killer Anthony Perkins. Yes. Um again, super cute. Super still have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's currently dead. I'm having a crush on him and communicating with him via my Ouija board after this is done recording. How is that going, by the way? You know, he doesn't use vowels. So there's a lot of G, X, Z. Um, I'm not sure what he's trying to say. But needless to say, I, I feel like it's not working out. Uh, his Even mom, the dead people won't date me. His mom is probably right now <laughs> watching over everything. With her bad wig. With her bad wig. <laughs> So Norman Bates mm. is a very different kind of killer because he is, a, in many ways, he's a victim. And oh, he's very sympathetic. Very sympathetic. Yeah. Um, he, 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 you, you, you want to care for him and you want to try to rescue him from this hell that he has either has made from from his mother or that he has made himself since his mother's passing. Um, but his choice, or maybe more of he has to do this, dressing as his mother. Yeah. Um, that is what we wanted to go over a little bit with this movie and how it's represented as, well... I don't want to say tr- like sort of sort of queer representation. Sort of very yeah. strong, very large italics brackets inverted commas, whichever country you're from around sort of. Okay, I would just think that Hollywood would take that and say, "Oh yeah, queer, uh, trans, another person just wanting to go and kill people." No, there's a lot more to it. Obviously, mm. if you really pay attention. Um, it's he, not. It's not the best queer representation. I mean, it's not. It's not. Yeah, definitely not. There um, is this this push. In fact, at the very end of the film, there's this detective uh, whose name's escaping me, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and I can't read. But anyway, he um, uses the word transsexual. Oh, that's right. He or transvestite, something like that. Yes. Which was very shocking at the time. Yes. To describe the killer. And that he's dressing as his mother, sort of embodying her, keeping her corpse. Yes. Uh, which is a little creepy. Which, by the way, um, this film, as well as one of the other ones we're going to be talking about, was all based upon the real-life serial killer, Ed Gein, who liked to dig up dead people and make a woman's suit and things like that. So, good times, good times. Okay. Uh, and he also made, like, lampshades out of skin and... You know, his cereal bowls out of skulls. The usual sort of thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, back to Psycho. You know, I have to admit, it just hit me just now. Um, one of the movies we're going to discuss a little later, Sleepaway Camp, and uh, the the aunt in that film. Also, the mother in this film, well, the mother's not really a character. Yeah, she's never really there. She's, she's never really she, yeah. there. But both characters um, are either forced or they choose to be well one is definitely forced the other norman Mm. bates is mostly has chosen to dress as his mom but it's their transformation that makes them considered transvestites in a way yeah Um, which again is an old-fashioned term that we don't quite use although i did have a friend one time about 20 years ago who was a straight man who confessed to me that he 
dressed in women's clothing and referred to himself as a transvestite because he couldn't come out to anybody. That's a long story. I feel like that's an episode in and of itself, which if he's out there, I can't remember his name, but uh, I'm thinking of you, I give you a hug via the interwebs. Hugs. Hugs all around. Hugs all around. Here's, yeah, here's, let's have another drink. Of course. Let's keep it honest. Um, My dear queer history fans, take a shot. I just, I take a shot because (laughs) this, this is a fun episode, I want to say, because a lot of the subjects that I talk about are heavy. You've got transphobia and queer just queer phobia in general you've got you know people getting killed revolutions all sorts of bullshit um sometimes you have to have a bit of a giggle at life i think because that's how you stay sane we how can we otherwise i mean we've all lived through the last few years that's been a horror movie in itself facts but Psycho will always resonate with me as one of the first classic horror films. It really was shocking. I mean, it's even even with us as being jaded as we are. Mm-hmm. I think the the murder scene in the shower. Yes, she's naked. Now, of course, it's it's 1960. They did not show this character naked. I mean, they do, but they don't. Like they mm-hmm. don't show anything. You know, but. The way the angles are shot, they don't show any knife penetrating her skin. But just the music, the the the, the rapid cut shots. Yes. I mean, it was it's beautiful, but also it's shocking, it's horrifying, it's it's almost jump scare, the, like yes. what you would see in a lot of films uh, over the past thirty years. Yeah, I think the editing that was done for that shot and the cinematography alone is what has inspired so many other horror killings, uh, horror scenes, and Mm -hmm. horror movies. Um, The fact that Norman Bates, our topic of discussion for this film, the killer, the fact that he has been uh, represented as a trans-ish character, character, Yeah, and when you you look at the time period in which this film was made, it's 1960. Oh, yes. Now... The, I'm trying to remember, but I believe the daughters of Belitis were around. I, 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 and I'm pretty sure that the Madison Society was around at this point. You did have sort of the early, the earliest kind of, at least in the United States, rumblings mm-hmm. of an LGBTQIA plus uh, liberation type movement. Um, but this is also, let's take it back to the Red Scare and the Lavender Panic. This whole idea that you've got queer people in the State Department, which there had been for decades, but these queer people working in D.C., are they going to sit there and sell all of the national security secrets for some Soviet dick? I mean, this was the idea, right? That these people would be easily manipulated by some random Russian dude and would give away the secrets to our nuclear codes or whatever. All you really needed to do was visit Mar-a-Lago. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. Of course. Right. But yeah, like this this idea that anything that was outside of the gender binary yeah. was dangerous. And here was Norman Bates dressing as his mother, murdering women. Well, of course he's dangerous because he dresses like a woman. Uh huh, and that I think easily does transition us 
to Sleepaway Camp. I think so. Which was about 20 years later, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, 1983, I believe. Uh, let me check on the interwebs. It is 1983. All oh, right. Boy, you get it. You, you get a drink. Oh, thank drink. you. Drink. All right. So I this... enjoyed that film. That was a very good um, let's go to camp and get murdered kind of film. It's quiet. What do we call it good? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, <laughs> all of them are good movies. <laughs> there, I have a lot to say about this film. Okay. Mostly, those are some short-ass shorts these men are wearing. Oh my lord, I remember watching that with you, and they're about to, f- I, I'm surprised they stayed on. I'm, well, I'm surprised you. there wasn't some serious dick slipping. <laughs> well, you I wasn't going to say that out testable. loud, but yeah, I was thinking that Yeah, too. there was a lot going on. <laughs> um, yeah, but r- these are ostensibly heterosexual men um, wearing uh, suggestions of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's, it's pretty wild. It's a pretty wild film. It I is. will say that it's pretty awesome. I watched it one time with my brother and discovered that James Earl Jones's father, yes, James Earl Jones, a.k.a. Darth Vader, oh. um, his father plays a cook in the film. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a stage actor and stuff like that, and probably that's why James Earl Jones himself ended up in, uh, going into film and, and so on. I think he also started out on stage, too, if I remember correctly. I think so. But, but needless to say, uh, the family is a long line of fabulous actors. Um, Did he get his start from a horror movie? Would that be his first acting role? The first thing I ever saw him in was a Conan movie, but, that, okay. but I know he was in stage stuff before. I meant Jimmy yeah. Earl Jones. Uh, oh, his father. Uh, his father. No, this was near um, the end of his career. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, never yeah. mind, never mind. And, I'm way behind on that And one. it kind of shows because... So let's just say... I think the budget for this film, I'm not even consulting Wikipedia on this. It was $65 mm-hmm. and three sticks of gum. <laughs> because that doesn't mean that it's not a cult classic. Of course. But Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> it's So it's not one of the best camp movies, but still it has inspired. <laughs> it, it, it did some sequels, not very many, but still... I think it has its own cult following, and I do respect it for that. Yeah. It, you got to be in a cult to like it. Now, you have the, <laughs> the crazy aunt who basically... She is batshit. She is batshit Absolutely crazy. Absolutely batshit crazy. But towards the end of the film, you realize that the, it's the aunt that has basically forced uh, our character uh, in question, um, Angela? Is it Angela? Yeah, Angela. Yeah. To dress as a, and be a girl. To yeah. be a woman. And in the beginning of the film, there's a father and there's two children. And they're playing out in the lake. And there's this boat accident. This yeah, tragic yeah. boating accident. And you see the father be killed or he's heavily injured. And one of the, one of the children are injured. But they, they leave it a secret. They leave it a secret. And you will learn why soon enough. Now... Because the girl got killed, but the boy survived. But because the aunt already had a son, she wanted a daughter. Because she's so, batshit crazy? Because she's batshit crazy. So she forced this poor boy who's lost his family, basically, mm. to lose himself as an identity. And to be dressed and to be basically a girl. Yeah, so, she forces this kid to 
as it were, transition against his will. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you have, whereas Psycho was more... Um, a mental illness forced to do it. This was more of a physical, like mental, I'm going to force you. This yeah. is the way it is. Parental abuse, yeah. Um, crazy for it or crazy because of it, they had to choose to be a woman. Yeah. Um, and, and Which, you know, if you force a boy to wear a dress, he's going to murder half the town, apparently. Yes. This is the problem with this film. Dresses do not make you murder. I've worn dresses before. No. I've never killed anyone. It, Julian, I've it's... I've never killed anyone. Got it? I kind of believe you. Yes, my flowers look amazing in the backyard. I don't know what's <laughs> fertilizing them. I was never going to ask that, but... The crazy aunt mental illness is to blame for Angela's And she's basically a drag queen. Oh, Played she is. by, uh, I think she's a cis hetero woman. But okay. th this woman is a drag queen as far oh, as I'm God. concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's absolutely bad shit. Oh, that won't do. She's that won't do at all. That won't do at all. <laughs> Did I remember this? Oh, I have a finger, like, with a Every a single scene, around it. she's, like, looking she's up at the camera or, like, just kind of... Absolutely insane. Batshit crazy, looking up at the like corner of the ceiling and just be like her hand on her on her on her lips, like her chin. <laughs> I wonder if I did that. Did I turn off the oven today? As she's talking about something. I wonder why the town doesn't take my parental rights away. <laughs> That's the real question. Anyways, you are a girl now forever. <laughs> so and thus starts the movie Sleepaway Camp. And, oh, and the bullying. Okay, let's talk about the bullying. Okay. It seems like everyone in this film, with the exception of like three or four people, are absolute fucking assholes. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert, um, or uh, fair dues, there's going to be cursing in this episode. Um, yes. yes. Yeah, they're fucking assholes. Like there's this one girl who needs hot oil treatments. Absolutely stat. Who is, like, her hair is so dry and so, like, fried. And she is terrible to all these other girls. Like, terrible. And to our main character, who ostensibly is a girl, you mm -hmm. know, in the film. Yes. Just terrible. Yes. Yes. The bullying um, yeah. is... I think it always, in horror movies, the bullying is... And, of course, with the Let the Right One in as well, which is another one of our films that we will discuss, the bullying definitely plays a, a, a very serious side mental note that, is, that drives the story, mm. drives the characters' um, decisions on what they do. It makes them snap. Yeah. It would make anyone snap. Um, yes. and Which, okay, so there's a boy in this movie yes. who's like, a pseudo-love interest, he's interested in this girl who we learn later is not a girl, she's a boy, and I don't want to say drag, but you know, she's, yes. she's, she is presenting as female because her crazy ass aunt has put her in women's clothing and forced her to take on this woman's persona. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this boy gets a crush on her, and he's like the good guy in the story, but anytime she gets bullied, he's like, well, I gotta go, bye! I and he runs away. I noticed every time. that the first time I watched the film, I didn't notice that, but the second time I did. But remember, his generation was like talking to his kids, saying that these boys don't—they're not brave anymore. Yo, 
Oh, motherfuckers wasn't brave. Let's keep it honest. All right. Yes. Yeah. True. No. And we're back. And we are back. I had to pause it. I have to like edit stuff later when I'm sober. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving that shit in. Oh yeah, I'll take some more too as well. Yeah. We are drinking um, red wine. Red wine. And speaking of red, horror films. Red wine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I I love. I think red wine is very um, red. Suitable for yeah. this this occasion. Yes, isn't it? It's it's very um, yes. But but that so the big moment. So yes, our our main character, Angela. She fucking kills everybody at the camp. And at the very end, to sort of like make a long story short, it's revealed when she hangs out with the boyfriend dude that keeps abandoning her. Yeah. They undress for reasons unknown. And she is caught by these people who are trying to figure out, hey, like, what the hell? Who's this murderer who's killing all the They're finding all, these kids? all the bodies. Yeah. And it's the, one of those moments in horror films where the survivors are, I mean, we need to, they open a cupboard door. Oh my God, there's a body, body in there. Like, I mean, and then the dry haired girl, she gets murdered by a, a curling iron in the vagina. I I mean I have to I have to be honest that movie de- definitely Ooh. has um wild. some fashion statements but you don't that have to death, die by curling huh? that death was something that mm. that made me I've I've watched a lot of horror films in my day and that scene of course you don't see it happening you see yeah. the reaction of the body language and her in like arms, a shadow yeah the shadows mm-hmm. you're right it wasn't too even gruesome. Yeah. oh um. It's it was something else. I have to give it to them. There's some really testy death scenes in that movie, but towards the end of the film, whenever the survivors are trying to find any other survivors, yeah, um, because I guess everyone's dead, and (laughs) we see Angela, uh, her her back is to the camera, and she is cradling. We're we're assuming the boys. Body. Yeah, her little boyfriend that keeps her running away from like conflict. Yeah, and when they call to her, that's when the very last scene of the movie, and this scene was known as one of the jump scare scenes in all horror films. She gets, she stands up, and she basically has this, not a scream, but her her mouth is yeah. wide open, and she's growling, which yeah. is even more disturbing. Yeah, and she's holding the guy's head in one hand. And I think in a knife in the other, a bloody knife. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And what do we see? We see a... The, the, the camera pans down, and it's her face. And then it pans down, and you see a male's chest, and then you end up yeah. with male gen... Like, you know, penis, mm-hmm. balls, da-da-da. Yeah. Now, to be fair, the character who plays Angela in it, Felicia Rose, she was a, like... At least, as far as I'm aware, identified as as a as a girl. Mm-hmm. She was an underage girl. The body from the neck down, including the penis, belonged to some college student that was there in New Jersey, uh, where they were filming it. Um, and they just sort of spliced that stuff together using movie magic. And it is his penis that you see, not hers, uh, because it would be horrifying to show a child naked in a film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are certain members of Congress, I'm sure, that would be fine with it. But it's <laughs> it's creepy. So, uh, yeah. but that, that, that scene is supposed to imply, as well as an earlier scene, that, you know, by the way, her dad's, plural, 
Yes. You know, uh, we're gay, and I guess that made her snap. Uh, and her I, aunt. I don't like the... F- I hope that scene where a man is loving another man... Yeah, there was nothing creepy about it. There was nothing creepy about it. It was a flashback memory. But I feel like because it's a horror film and because they're, the character is mentally mentally unstable mm, yeah. Um, because of everything that's happened to them after everything they went through. But I feel, I hope that that memory, that flashback, her seeing her two dads being together, would that be like, would horror, would Hollywood horror take that and be like, oh, do you see having two dads oh, would for screw sure. you up? For sure. Yeah. I don't agree with that <laughs> at all. That's yeah. not something that is I think that was the implication. That, that was the implication. This okay. kid was screwed up from day one, and it just took crazy aunt to sort of push her over the edge. Yeah. So you have some, you mm-hmm. had you had proper guidance, but then he died. Yeah. And um, yeah, which I don't know what happened to the other dad. They didn't explain that in the film. Didn't wasn't he, he already wasn't dead, or wasn't he? He was, or was on, it he was a, on land. Was, yeah. it, was it a fling? Was it their parents? Or yeah. Well, I don't know which one was. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That okay. that that wasn't really explained in the film. Okay. Along with the twenty minute or however long it was baseball scene, that shit wasn't explained either. It had nothing to do with the plot, and it took up way too much time. Basically, listeners, I'm sure you're <laughs> intelligent enough to know having parents that are either of the same sex to women or to male. Uh, raising you has nothing to do with messing you up as a horror villain. Yeah, it's just being parents. <laughs> um, Very right. But we should probably move on to another film mm-hmm. that... Uh, what should we go with next? Let's go with Silence... The Silence of the Lambs. The, the Silence, Silence of, of the, the Lambs. Lambs. The which, great Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, and this is another one that... And Jodie uh, Foster. Jodie Foster was amazing. Oh, well, she's show. fabulous. Oh, my God, yes. But, and she's a lesbian icon. Work, work. She is. That's right. This is being recorded, I believe, on Lesbian History Happiness Day or something. I don't know. But I'm here yes. for the lesbians. And, <laughs> yes. But, uh, no. So this uh, film also connects itself to Ed Gein as well as uh, the other killer uh, uh, the uh, Jane Gum, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Buffalo Bill. Ted Bundy. Oh, oh, okay. Because of, of that one scene. Okay, Ted but Bundy. specifically Ed Gein in that. So Ed Gein, <clears throat> he made things out of the bodies of the dead. He didn't kill a whole lot of people. A lot of the bodies that he had on his property when he was caught, granted, after killing some people, were. From corpses that he had exhumed. Mm-hmm. You know, he had taken skin and made outfits out of them because he wanted to have a woman's suit. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> but um, if oh. you're going to get a woman's suit, go to the store and buy a suit in the women's section, not the woman that's standing in the women's section. I mean, good God. I guess that would not be convenient enough for some people like Ed Gein. Now, I do know that. I believe the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that's also a, that's another one was mm-hmm. also influenced by Ed Gein, but I did mm-hmm. not know that Ed Gein influenced. Oh yeah, oh yeah, others. Mm-hmm. Ed, and, and the thing is, is Ed Gein. I don't want to say like he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. He's terrible. He was 
wasn't that bad. Like all these films, but you know why? Because of the gender issue. Yes. There are so many serial killers out there that are probably worse, but they didn't transgress that sort of gender binary. And so that's why we don't sit there and go, oh, Son of Sam. Yes. Ed Gein. Ed Gein's the one to make movies after. So, Silence of the Lambs. This movie came out in 1991, and even though it's got, it, even though it's problematic, especially when it comes to trans representation, which we will get to, I have to be honest, it's one of my favorite films. Oh, it's definitely a great mystery. It's so well made. Even if it's problematic, it's so well made. I recently, um, I did read the novel this uh, this year. Um, I read it in, uh, I think last month. Mm -hmm. I finished it. And it's a very good novel. And the way it's written. The is, sequel, mm, on the other hand. I have not read the sequel. There's I, no need to. There's no need to. <laughs> but he put so much of his heart in this and i believe it was the second appearance of hannibal lecter and the first one was red dragon red dragon that was the first book that he came out that's with correct yeah. which they ended up making a film later on that's like a prequel yes yeah yes and i just was taken away by how good the right how serious the story was and how from the first page it's you are there's a level of atmosphericness like you're yes in it. Yeah. you are afraid but you're also you, you cannot wait to meet hannibal lecter mm. and in the movie i think the whole movie the whole story centers around hannibal lecter and how even though he's only in like a few minutes yes but but the other center if if there can be more than one sort of magnetic pull it's Clarice Starling. Yes, yes. One of my favorite aspects of that film is how often there are these extreme close-up close shots of her often reacting to other men mm -hmm. or other men reacting to her. Yes. The scene where they are uh, basically uh, about to uh, look at the, the, the recent body that they mm. found of this killer, uh, Jane Gum. Uh, the Buffalo Bill. The Buffalo Bill yeah. killer. They want to do all they can to try to find any clues, try to, you know, do their detective things. And um, all of the local police department is there. They're all men. They're and they're all, all white. men. And they're yeah. all pissed off. And they got the feds in here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. basically, it's one of those, oh, so you're going to tell me how to do my job, aren't you? And yeah, and, she, and she's a woman, and they're all looking at her like, "What a nice piece of ass!" Because apparently that's how you react to women if you are a man. Um, and what yeah. does she do? She tells them, "Thank you so much for your help. Thank yeah. you for everything you've done. You've done a wonderful thing for their family." But now we got to do our job. She so can you please leave? Three go and tells them to leave. I love it. I it's love that scene so much. And then she cusses out the director that like, or whatever of her department. Yes. Uh, and it's like, you know, you should have handled that better because these men take cues from you. And yes. they were like, you thought you were protecting me, but in fact you were inhibiting me. Yeah. She, Brilliant. She, she has she has that, that spunk that I love. Yeah. And, um, so, so the whole po point kind of of this movie, possibly even the book, was that it was almost like a recruitment Yes. Film. Yes. To get women into the FBI because she's a student at yeah. the uh, at the um, the training uh, facility. Quantico. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Yes, mm -hmm. she's not an actual FBI agent, and Hannibal yeah. Lecter points that out when he first meets her. But I think it's her intelligence and her humanism and her empathy um, and her hardworking detective skills that which she, in, in my head canon she is lesbian. I don't oh I don't God. care what happens in later novels because we all want to dis associate ourselves from <laughs> Hannibal because the ending of the movie is a lot better than the ending in the book. Yes. But anyway. Yes. Um, but so when it comes to sort of queer representation, there are two specific instances in the film that I think are important. The first one is the head that she finds in the jar. At That's the, right. Yeah, at the... the uh, the U-Haul um, place or whatever it is. It was it's the like storage a, that storage Hannibal Lecter put his things in, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he also fastened that little jar in his little nice car. There was like a head of a trans... Either... I think they used the term transvestite. Again, yeah. these are terms that were used at the time. They're not terms we necessarily are on board with today. But yes. I think I think he used the... That Hannibal Lecter used the word transvestite for this individual... It was clearly someone with a five o'clock shadow and, uh, like fake eyelashes. Put I wish on. I had the novel with me. I remember. Yeah. I remember how he explains to her. But this is more the film. This is more the film. So you don't have to bet the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, a good-looking fellow and a poor, a <laughs> in poor... a jar in a jar of formaldehyde. <laughs> yes, and I believe he was the victim of the Buffalo Bill. Of Buffalo Bill. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because he was a jealous lover, um, was that something? There was something going on about that. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Because there is a scene in the film where Clarice—I think it's the second meeting that she has with Hannibal. Yes, she's meeting with him, and he says this line that is absolutely. This is where the trans representation bro breaks down for me. Mm -hmm. Not even the bit that the trans character is like a murderer. Because trans people can murder too. That's not to say that trans people are murderers. It's just that, you know, people can do all sorts of things. I mean, it is still signing on to the idea that trans people are weird in some way. But it's the bit where she's talking to him and he... Uh, Hannibal Lecter is saying something, something to the effect that this person, James Gum, he hasn't named him yet, but James Gum... Uh, try maybe he's gone to these different hospitals to look into having gender reassignment surgery or something and they're like oh well you're not really trans he's been denied in every single yeah. one of them now the thing is if you say that you're trans you're fucking trans like you're not going to sit there and go out into the world and be like i'm trans because i don't know it's thursday like you're going to sit there and say that because you're like legit yeah so that that's my one critique. That being said, this was made in 1991. Mm -hmm. The novel came out in 88. 88, yeah. So I can forgive it a little bit on some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I will say that that, that that scene then follows with Clarice saying that, you know, tr she uses the term transsexuals, which is a little bit old-fashioned now. But basically the trans people are... They're not murderers. Like, that's wild. Like, da-da-da-da-da. They're not so confused. I, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 which I like that, that there's this pushback where she's like, no, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the film, the character is apparently not trans, but he wants to be. Um, I so, remember Hannibal Lecter saying he, he thinks he is 
transsexual, transvestite, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he isn't one really. of these terms. Yeah. He wants to be. Mm-hmm. I remember him saying that. And Hannibal Lecter is a many things, a predator, but he's also very, very highly intelligent. And he, he, I feel like he understood people even better. Well, than he did like to needle. So, you know, maybe he was saying certain things to, like, get under people's skin. I don't know why I'm defending a cannibal (laughs) slash serial killer. But here we are. Maybe it's because Anthony Hopkins is just that fabulous. Buffalo Bill is definitely a different kind of character. So I still love the actor who played him. Oh, my gosh. Let's keep it real. He was devoted to that role. I recently watched this film with one of my friends who has had never seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. He's currently playing the Nintendo um, Switch, oh, pretending yes. to not be in the room. <laughs> and he had never seen this film before. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that's where that meme came from. Oh, that's where that meme came from. Oh, he's standing up with, that, with his penis tucked. Yes. Yes, that's that film. <laughs> so, um, but I will say that it's a brilliant film, but... Certain aspects of it have not aged well. But I will still say, Clarice stood up for trans people. She defended trans people. The guy was a dick. A murdery dick. Yes. Trying to build a woman's suit for reasons. And had an amazing collection of moths. But we will have to leave that there. I'm still trying to contact Anthony Perkins with my Ouija board. I think he's ghosting me. Tune in next week to hear the next three queer horror films in our celebration of all things scary. If this episode has frightened you, you can send us a message at ahistorymostqueer at gmail.com and come check out the Instagram page where you will see terrifying images that will titillate and something else that starts with a T. Until next week, bye-bye.